Hello, hello, all of my babes, curious cats, and little couch detectives. My name is Heather, and welcome to my podcast called Hard to Handle. We talk about all things like true crime, murder, mystery, conspiracy theory, and spooky shit. So get comfy, grab your favorite beverage, hell, maybe even shoot some tequila. That's what I'm about to do. Let's dive on into today's episode. Right as Mikey's uh, goes up. <laughs> hello, so. hello. Welcome, everyone. It's Heather and Mikey back at it again. Hey. This episode is bizarre, bonko crazy, and it's all about Miss Diane Downs. So, fair- she is a nut job. A nut yeah. job. Fair warning, she's super psycho. Big trigger warning, this case does involve violence to children, so if that's not your cup of tea, we totally get it. Just skip this episode. Um, But this is a case that actually Mikey discovered, so I'm going to let him take the reins. And I kind of only briefly looked at the case because I wanted to learn and be super intrigued, just like all of you are, and kind of hear about it and not have like my biased opinion. So, Mikey, take it away. So, everybody, Elizabeth Diane Downs, otherwise, you know, one of the most significant people in history, apparently. Um, She had committed a murder on her three kids, and one of them is an attempted murder. So one of her her children stayed alive. Well, made it out alive. Um, Technically, Diane had four kids and we'll get into that in the story but let's start with going off on her early life diane dams was born in phoenix arizona august 7th 1955 uh she testified against her father uh that he was sexually abusing her at the age of 12 years old diane graduated from moon valley high school in phoenix where she met her husband and probably one of the most wonderful men, as she explains, um, Stephen Downs. <clears throat> now, Stephen is an important part because it kind of makes you wonder where he's at. So just remember him for a little bit. Uh, after high school, she enrolled into Pacific Coast Baptism Bible College in Orange County, Orange County, California, but was expelled after one year for, this is the most important part, promiscuous behavior okay i mean it was like what the 60s or 70s yeah and i mean she just graduated from high school and started going to a college so the girl's probably you know thinking about like other things and wants to experience life and all this other stuff well she goes ahead and soon after returns to her parents house in arizona so one year College did not work out for her. Now, Diane met her husband, Steve, in high school, and their paths were pretty much on the same path at the at some point in high school. And then once they were graduating high school, he went down a different path. 
and she went down a different path. So things just didn't work out between the two of them. Uh, they ended up uh, breaking up right before the the leave of the two. So when she was going to college and Steve was going to the military or army or Navy or I forget where, where it is exactly that he, you know, decided to go, but, um, he comes back a little bit later in the story. So anyways, Diane and him go through this breakup and she is now, you know, seeing other men and like kind of just putting her feet in the water. Right. Which is totally understandable. Exactly. Which is still understandable. It is what it is. You know, she hasn't done anything bad yet. So Diane then goes and does all this stuff. And she promises her husband, Steve, that she will wait for him when he, you know, comes back. And he assumed, I guess, you know, okay, Diane is going to wait for me. We're still together. Well, that's not how it ended up in Diane's eyes. She went ahead and slept with, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry, probably (laughs) all at the same time, and we don't even know that. But she pretty much slept around and built herself a little name in her town that she was in. So with this new reputation, reputation that she has, she had pretty much, you know, not kept, all her ducks in a row. And when Steve came back after serving, he found out that she was, you know, being a hoe and being a hoe. So (laughs) she goes ahead, uh, gets caught in the whole act and everything. And now Steve is mad. He leaves. He doesn't want to have anything to do with her. He needs to go figure his own life out, you know? So he pretty much goes back to the army or military or whatever unit he's in within the government. So he goes back and does his thing, and now he's out of her life for a little bit. So Diane starts to do, you know, some soul-searching on her own. She goes ahead and does, you know, um, she goes ahead and tries to get back into college. She tries to do her, you know, her duty, her civil duty to the, the world in trying to, you know, fit in. And from all of the reports from neighbors, friends, you know, family members, nobody saw anything wrong with her. Um, her friends, though, were saying it was just kind of strange that she would move from guy to guy to guy to guy to guy after saying she loved them so much. Right. Stage five clinger alert. <laughs> Correct. So now we get into... Um, A few years later, you know, Diane is, you know, getting to the point where she's slowing down a little bit. Like, she's not, you know, she's looking for a husband at this point. And here pops in Steve. Steve comes back in town and Diane and him hit it off like, you know, it was back in high school. And the two of them fell in love and they were, you know, about to be married and all this other stuff. And he makes the proposal and all this other crap is starting to happen. So her life is now shooting off in the the direction that she had hoped for. And she's so happy at this point. Um, so with this, Steve, you know, is the one making the money and, you know, supporting their family. And she has her first kid who is named Christina Ann. She was so she's born, the oldest. Yes. 
She was born in 1974, about two years after they have another kid, Cheryl Lynn. She was born in 1976. And then I think it was three years after that, they had their first son, Stephen uh, Stephen Daniel was born in 1979. So they're all pretty close in age. But, you know, Christine was, you know, the oldest. So she was pretty much like, you know, the one to watch over her brother and sister if anything were to happen or whatever. Like, Diane would give her tasks to do. So fast forward a little bit in her life. Um something happens between Diane and Steve and Steve thinks that she is now cheating on him because of where she's going and what she's doing. And she's pretty much like keeping secrets. Steve finds out absolutely nothing. There's no, um, there's no proof that she actually was cheating at that moment, but he finds absolute, absolutely nothing. He's just going on his gut intuition which I don't blame him. You were already burned once. You can see the signs after the first time, you know? So, goes ahead. He tells her, you know, I can't be with you. I'm filing for a divorce. They end up getting divorced. Um, and Steve leaves. Now, Steve is no longer in this in the story anymore. He pretty much just left his kids and his wife and um, didn't look back. <clears throat> I don't know if that's because he didn't want to be a part of the story or didn't want to be, you know, added into, you know, all the shenanigans that she had done. But pretty much she did a lot of, you know, I guess you could say thinking about like the the relationship and where it was going and their marriage and, you know, him getting him having these three kids and all this stuff. I don't in my eyes from just reading his side or her side of the story and how he, you know, just up and left her. It seems like he started seeing signs of her doing the things that she was doing, like back in high school or back in college. And she's right. now a mother of three kids. So yes, I, I do agree. Him leaving was the best choice for him, but I don't agree with the fact that like he left his three kids with his wife Who's a psycho? Who is you know the way she? Well, I mean, is. I guess at this point he doesn't really know she's <clears throat> as crazy as she is, right? Exactly. Exactly. At this point, he doesn't really know any of that. So all of that goes out the window. It's all done. Now, Diane is going through a really rough time with this. She is now becoming a woman she never wanted to become. She is a divorced wife who all of her friends were married happily with children and she doesn't know what to do at this point. So now right. she has now to support herself. Mom. And this is probably like what in the eighties or nineties. Um, it's a, in the eighties, yeah, early eighties around there. But um, so she goes ahead and she's now trying to figure out what she has to do to support herself. So she starts dating again and in my eyes, if you just got divorced, I, it's not a good idea to start dating right away. Yeah, I think uh, just in general, going from one relationship to another and being what they call like the, the serial monogamist, 
Uh-huh. It's just never a good idea. Like, you need time to chill, girl. Just vibe. Get your right. shit together. She like, was... be organized with life. Care about your kids. She was dealing with whatever, you know, whatever happened between her and her husband, Steve. She was dealing with that. And then on top of it, now having to deal with the divorce and then having to look at her kids every day and be like, mommy and daddy aren't together anymore. Like, yeah, right. that can be extremely traumatizing to the human mind. So I can see where she pro- probably just snapped one day and was just like, I'm done. Like, it is what it is at this point. Right. But to go as far as where she went with it all was just outrageous. So she goes ahead and she signs up to be a surrogate for this family. And this family was paying her way. They would send her checks and she would, you know, feed her kids. And she was, you know, pretty much pregnant with another child at this point. Yeah. And surrogates Um, do make quite a bit of money. A ton of money. And if you find a good family that doesn't just take care of, like, the medical aspect, but, for example, like, someone wealthy, they'll send you stuff and make sure you have groceries and you're eating correctly on top of, like, a monthly stipend for clothes because you're pregnant and your body's changing. So if she got in with a good family, she's probably making bank. Yeah. So at this point, she was pretty much set. Everything was perfect. Things were working out nice. And then all of a sudden, she had a miscarriage. Oh, no. So sad, you know, yes, she has a miscarriage. It's, you know, it's something that's going to impact her probably for a while because of the amount of hormones that are going rushing through this woman's body mm-hmm. and everything. Well, you know, her thinking was, okay, try to have another baby. Well, she's... While she's trying to become a surrogate again, because now at this point, they see that she went ahead and had this child and she had a miscarriage. They're going to be a little questionable for her, you know, medical history and see if this is like a regular thing with her. Because people pay all this money to have a baby and it's not like you can go to the dollar store and pick up, you know, uh, a kit to, you know, inject an egg into a woman's body. That's not... Right. It's not it's happening. Expensive. It's emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, she has to go through another string of, you know, interviews with this place. They go ahead. They do it. And in between all of these interviews with, you know, become, re-becoming a surrogate, she speaks to, I think it was, oh, I can't remember his name. I don't think it's on here either. I think he's, we're just going to call him John. This dude, John. Okay. He just pops up into her life out of nowhere. And the two of them are dating. And now they're she's in love. That whole again, you know, thing where she's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see a man. And she needs somebody there. She goes ahead and she's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna fall in love with this guy. He's the one everything for me. So she falls in love with this guy. And now it's even worse than when her and Steve were together. Oh, Lord. She is at the point where she has this man's number, his address, where he lives, who he hangs out with. She went cray cray. Yes. She started to become very cling to him and nobody knows why. He goes ahead and they go on a few dates, you know, they have a little fun. And she tells him that, you know, she has three kids and, you know, she was married at one point. 
And that was instant turnoff for him. And I don't blame the guy, you know, you can't blame somebody because how, how is it for somebody else that doesn't have children? How is it fair to them to just suddenly take on all of your baggage, which I totally get, but that's not the case. He didn't want kids at all, not his own and not someone else's. And he didn't want to be married. He didn't want to be with somebody who was already pre-married. That's your choice. I'm all for your choices. That doesn't affect me, but apparently it affected Diane a lot. Right. So Diane goes ahead and she now is thinking in her brain, oh my God, the man of my dreams just got out of my way. And every day for, I think it was like three weeks after he had broken up with her, she in her head still thought that they were together. So she goes ahead and comes back to her kids and still is trying to look for a job and all this stuff. And she comes back home to her kids and she takes a good look at them. And she says to these children that you're the problem. What? Yeah. She tells these kids that they are the problem. They're the reason why nobody loves her. Nobody wants her, you know, and the reason why that their father left. That's just some blatantly pulls it pulls all this shit out there now mind you these kids are not like adults they're maybe christina's what you know at this point it's like she's probably maybe six seven maybe a little bit older than that i would say probably about 10 years old this girl she's 10 years old and she's hearing this from her mother and her dad's not around so one she's already distraught about their parents being divorced and her dad not being around Right. And two, now she has her mother telling her that you and your brother and your sister are the reason why mommy's in the situation that she's in and you guys are making my life miserable. Like, that alone can take a toll on the child. So think about that, too. Keep that in the back of your head until the end of the story. So Diane comes up with this crazy plot, absolutely insane crazy plot to get rid of her kids and she goes ahead and she goes to her gun safe that she kept when steve was like pretty much into like the whole um like guns and keeping one in the house for protection and all this stuff so he was all on that well he left a 20 uh, i think it was like a 22 caliber handgun in the safe so they go ahead she goes ahead loads it up and she fires a shot at her three children mind you this is all while they're sleeping oh my gosh she shoots the oldest one in the head she shoots the oldest one in the heart and in the stomach oh my gosh the little girl, uh, the young, the next one, the middle child, Cheryl, who at the time of this was seven years old, okay? She was shot directly in between the eyes and in the chest. And then the baby, Danny, or Stefan, sorry, they call him Danny in this story, um, he pretty much was shot in the chest and in the stomach 
And he was only, I think, three years of age. Oh, poor baby. So these kids were in a car sleeping because mommy said she wanted to go drive someplace. Ugh. Goosebumps, dude. Goosebumps. Now, this is where the story becomes really crazy. She also shoots herself in the shoulder. That is a crazy fucking bitch. (laughs) Starts driving away as she's calling the police. She's saying what road she's on. She's telling them like all this stuff. And even even me listening, like I listened to a a woman who was on Facebook that explained this whole story and this is where it got intriguing to me. Listening to the police call in was absolutely crazy. She was so calm, even though she had an injury. There's audio of it? Apparently, yes, yes, there should be an audio of the, the, I can't find it, but I heard it on her Facebook page, this girl that was posting it. But um, she sounds extremely calm. And it's like super, super weird because, you know, somebody who had just gotten shot and their kids that are in the back seat got shot, you know, you would be a little more frantic. Right. So she's on the phone, calm as shit, saying that she's on this road, you know, um, she's trying to make it to the hospital. Mind you, the hospital isn't too far away from where it all happened. And Diane was pretty much trying to cover her tracks. She was trying to make sure that the kids bled out before she made it to the hospital. What a fucking just piece of human garbage. Right? So from the police reports, they're saying that her speed limit was five to seven miles per hour. Oh, hell no, While she was driving. So somebody who's, you know kids just got shot and you know whatever she they would you would think they would be driving a little bit faster or frantically and or not able to drive at all like you're freaking the fuck out you yourself also got shot like hello so finally somebody sees them you know they pull them over you know and they ask you know do you need some help and she's like yes i need an ambulance uh my kids and i were shot by some strange guy who tried to carjack us Now, she says, you know, this whole spiel to the police that she was carjacked in this area. And mind you, the gunfire went off and all this stuff while her car was there, but yet there was nothing wrong with her car. So there's no, like, bullet holes or anything in it? No. Damn. So instantly, she gets when she gets to the hospital, the ambulance is already, you know, trying to see what's wrong with the kids. They pronounced uh, Cheryl, age seven, the second youngest, already dead. Oh, poor baby. Okay. Danny was paralyzed from the waist down. Okay. But Danny actually died in the hospital due to lack of blood, lack of air, and not being able to have, you know, simple motor functions. Um. Christy was the lucky one, and she had the most severe of it all because she saw it and witnessed it all. Um, as of right now, Christy is fine. She's doing good. She's been placed with an amazing family. Um, but 
Christie needed to go against to testify against whoever did this because now at this point only Christie knows, but Christie's now in, in an induced coma at the emergency room because of how bad her injuries were. So they tell Diane, the police and the doctor come out and they tell Diane, you, I'm so sorry, but you lost two kids. And, and she doesn't fucking care. She's probably like, yes. Her reaction, the other two? apparently from the detective that told her and the doctor that told her, their statements both add up together. So this is where I think it's like, okay, she, this is real. She didn't care. Um, both of those reports were saying that when they said that Cheryl and Danny both died, um, she had no physical reaction, no emotional reaction. She was just like dead blank. Now, yes, I understand. She's probably in shock that she was shot, you know, lost a lot of blood and, you know, she's probably in shock, but she was in the hospital and I don't care who it is. If it was my, you know, niece or nephew or whatever, I would be in tears crying no matter what. None of that would stop my tears from coming out. I would be yeah. emotional. I would be an emotional wreck. So to sit here and list or to sit there as a police officer and tell somebody that you're expecting the worst out of them when you're not giving that. And as all she said is, okay, well, how is Christy? She wanted to know more about what Christy's condition was. So they were like, ma'am, Christy's fine. Don't worry. We're trying our best to get her back to life. But right now she's in a coma. And the relief on her face showed the police like, okay, we need to investigate this a little more. So next day, you know, Diane's all fixed up and she's doing her thing. The investigator says, you know, Diane, what, what happened that day? So she starts telling them that she was carjacked, you know, and the guy that was carjacking carjacking her had a gun a 22 caliber handgun you know so she pretty much set herself up at that point right there right and now they're looking for a 22 millimeter handgun somewhere because in this area i let me just say i own guns we are pro second amendment whatever mm-hmm. but if and serena's father has been shot before back in the day like nine years Was it ago from you no, 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 no. But when you go through something like that, the trauma, I, like he's like, and he was pro second amendment too. He was like, I couldn't tell you. All I saw was I turned around and someone in a hoodie had a gun to my chest and I went to just move as quick as I could. And I got shot. You're not going to know what kind of gun it is, let alone the fucking caliber. Like, are you stupid, woman? You're giving them the caliber and the gun. Like, Mm -hmm. most guns will have multiple models that hold different calibers. So just because it's a 1.75 inch barrel revolver and you're like, ooh, that's a 22. It could also be a 40. It could be a 44. How do you know that? So she like, she shot herself in the foot, so to speak. No pun intended. Yeah. I mean, that specific, like, God. Yeah. So she goes ahead and labels that, you know, what gun she used. Well, can't say she. We don't know that yet. But what gun was used in the carjacking? So instantly the cops are like, okay, who, what did the man look like? 
she couldn't really explain because she was saying oh, it was dark out you know i couldn't really see his face but yet you saw this man's gun so now the police are very suspicious about this so they're like okay let's go check out the area she was in so they go ahead they check it out there is tire tracks which was her car but they traced that whole area out and apparently they found no gunpowder at all being shot off or fired or whatever. They found no evidence of there being a struggle. They found no evidence of footprints more than one. So Diane's footprints were there. You would think that would be enough for this case. Right. But right now they can't do too much because of the sheer fact that Diane had just lost her two children. And now she has another one who is, you know, severely injured she suffers from strokes she suffers from you know not being able to speak correctly to you know going from a normal child being able to function as a normal child to now having disabilities you know so it's it's going to be an adjustment for that little girl you know and at the time Apparently, when she was shot, she was about eight or nine, somewhere around there. So it's going to be difficult for her to go through this event and try to make things normal. Right. So all this goes down, and apparently Diane is not worried at all because she's like, I'm in the clear. She's you know, a piece of crap. My kid is in the hospital in an induced coma. Now, mind you, they don't ever state in any of the stories I've read or the the ones that are on here on Wikipedia or um, uh, ABC News that I've gotten this information from, they don't state that she's ever gone to see her daughter. And her daughter's been in the hospital for now a very long time. Right. Know? They're doing this case and everything, and she goes head and she's, you know, just eating up all of this attention and now she's and now neighbors that know her and people that know her are like um she's kind of acting like she was when she was back in high school and college hmm. like that very flirty i'm the center of attention like what can i do next to make you all focus on me 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 me, me? like it started getting a little weird so the the police got involved a little further they started questioning her again about now this mind you this is a couple years down the line um they started questioning her about it they were like okay you know you're you've done all this stuff you've been through all this stuff we get it but why are you not emotional about any of it like even getting on tv and the news or anything and people you know putting her face out there she wasn't even getting emotional about it at all which then stroke, okay, okay, we need to do this investigation again. So they go ahead, the police reopen the investigation. They go ahead and they question her. First person they go to. Mind you, do not forget, the police write and copy everything. So whatever you told them the first time, you better be sure your story is the same the second time. Right. So long story short, she goes ahead. She comes in. She talks to the police. And the police tell her, you know, tell us what happened that day. Now she has a whole different story to tell. Right, because it's been a it, couple of years or some time has passed, right? Yes. So he, she says to them that, oh, you know, 
it wasn't a carjacking. It was a friend of mine. I was trying to get him to take my kids for a little bit and he couldn't take the kids. And they're like, at this point, why would you tell us it was a carjacking? Right. And how did you get shot? Like, and how did the kids get shot? And he said, she says, oh, well, you know, I thought I knew the guy and he had his gun with him and he shot me. She's like, and I think he threw it in the, in the field. And the detective at this point is like, okay, Diane, like, there's no way that he threw that gun in the field. We would have got it already. So now it's like, okay, you're, you're now faking it. You're making this something that it really isn't. So Diane is back to sentencing. And she's back in court. And they're talking about it. And they're now the limelight's back on her again. And people are raving about this woman. And now she's trending here and there. So now Diane's back into that whole state of, I had nothing and now I have everything. All eyes are on me again. You know? So meanwhile, while the case is happening, that was while the case was happening. So while the case is happening, and meanwhile now, we're back to Christy who is still in the hospital, oh, you know, she's pretty much like, they, they don't know if she's going to make it out of this. And they've told Diane this, you know, they don't know if they're, she's going to be alive. And Diane's banking on her not living. So suddenly one day, you know, Diane or Chrissy's uh, uh, doctor said that she woke up. She's up. She's out of that coma. She's, you know, breathing. She's, functioning you know everything they did not release it to the public because they did not want diane to know so now they're trying to you know bring this girl's health back to where she can explain what happened because the the she's the only one that knows at this right. point what happened so of course they're gonna want to get evidence so christy is evidence number one <laughs> And they need her to speak. Well, Christy can't speak because of how much, how far her injuries went. Um, with that said, I have to say this little girl is a very strong girl, very open-minded, and did what probably a lot of people could never do. And they had therapists, psychiatric doctors, um, all kinds of like mental health doctors to try and figure out like a way to get her to talk about that day without her being afraid of repercussion, you know? So she goes ahead and she sees a psychiatric doctor and the psychiatric doctor tells her, you know, I want you to write down on this notepad every time you see me, I want you to tell me, who it is. Just write it down. You don't have to speak it out loud. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't even have to show me the paper. She's like, if you don't feel like today's the day you want to tell me, you take that paper, you crumple it up, and you throw it in the fire. Okay? So Christy understood, and she went ahead and did it. She wrote down a name on the paper. She crumples it up and throws it in the fire. So she said, okay, good. You know, we'll work with you for a couple couple more months, you know, and see what goes on. So now the case 
of Diane is put on hold until Chrissy is able to testify. So the case is put on hold, and then Chrissy is going to her therapist and her psychiatric doctor and, you know, all the, the medical attention that she needs. She's, she's going. She's making it to places at this point. This girl is trucking along. She is so strong for this. Suddenly, the psychiatric doctor said um, to Chrissy, you know, why didn't you do your routine today? And Chrissy looks at him and pulls out a paper with what she had wrote the day before. She did not throw the paper away. And <sighs> she goes ahead and gives it to the psychiatric doctor. And he Give says, is this who did what you, you know, witnessed? And she shook her head and started crying. And the doctor reads the note and it says mommy on it. Oh, so instantaneously the doctor calls the police and now they have to work with Christy into getting her to testify against her own mother. So now the case is back on and Diane thinks she's in the free and open, you know, she can do whatever the hell she wants and not get any repercussion for it or any type of, you know, problem for it. So she's doing her own thing until they arrest her. And they pull her in for questioning, and she finds out that Christy is up, and Christy is awake. And she now is, like, frantic. I want to see my daughter. I want to see my daughter. I want to see my daughter. You know, and they were saying, it's best that we don't make that decision right now. She is still clinging on for her life. So this all goes down. Trial goes through. And once the day they got to court with Christy... She, they said that Chrissy's heart rate went up when she heard her mother's voice and when she saw her mother from a distance. So right there is proof enough. I'm sorry. Right there is proof enough that this woman committed an act. Now, mind you, this case has been going on for a very long time. Um, it's actually still going on till this day. Apparently, Diane is supposedly getting out for an early release hearing or sometime this year. We have no clue exactly what the date is, but it's supposed to be sometime this year. Mind you, I don't think she's getting out anytime soon. I don't think they're going to allow this woman to walk, you know, in public again. And if they do, she's probably going to be like on a lockdown where she has to sit in her own little cubby hole for a couple years until, you know, the government decides, hey, she's not a threat to, you know, society. But, um, that's just so wild. That's so wild. another crazy, crazy fact. That I was going to say, there's a lot of things that have happened since she's been in jail. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. A lot of things have happened since she's been in jail. So here's a crazy thing. During the trial, this was the final date, the hearing where she was going to see her daughter, Chrissy. She comes and announces that she's pregnant. Boom. Bomb. Dropped. Right. Like what this was she woman doing? goes ahead and tells everybody that she is pregnant. Her thought on it was they can't put a pregnant woman in jail. Oh my word. I'll get a lower sentence. Oh they'll be word. really they'll just slap me on the wrist. And she stated this in the news. So like it's out there. People know. People have seen it. And they now think you're insane. If they if you think you murdering your first three children or attempted murder on your first child 
and murdering your other two children, you know, would get you a lower sentence just because you're pregnant now? No. They're now going to take your baby away from you once that baby is born. So they she pretty much said Cocoa Puffs. the judge that day said that um, just because you are giving birth to another child does not mean that your sentence is going to be any less. That child does not deserve to exact. I, I'm not sure if this is this was his exact words, but that child does not deserve to uh, be raised by a mother who doesn't care. And Damn. he said, you know, he wanted her to go to jail. And while she was in jail, have the baby and the baby be put up for adoption at that point. She had no rights at this point because she was already sentenced. Right. So she thought she was getting away with this. You know, she thought she was, you know, in the clarifying free world to do whatever the hell she wanted again and possibly make another murder of more kids if she needed to. Um, So she now is in jail for, I think the sentence was like, 20 some odd years well no more than i think three of those years she went ahead and broke out of jail <laughs> she <laughs> as, <bundied> it. <laughs> yes as crazy as it is she did she went ahead and broke out of jail so from my understanding i'm not sure if this story is true because there's many of these stories but from my understanding she had a another home to go to and another area that she was, you know, kind of putting money towards, but not really when she was quote unquote sane. Um, so they go ahead and they find out that she escaped from prison and they don't know where she went. They find out in her cell, she had been pretty much following to where this baby that she had in jail went. And she found out where the her daughter was well she wanted to go meet this girl so she you know the the girl happened to be in an area where she owned you know a piece of land well it was under her name so the police instantly were like okay check here here and here they went straight to those spots and boom they found her so she's back in jail now mind you with a harsher sentence (laughs) so all of that, she didn't even get to meet her her daughter at all. But good, she shouldn't. Garbage what had happened was being. after all of this, Chrissy and Rebecca, the newborn, were adopted by the persecution, the lead persecution family. He felt so much compassion for Chrissy and how strong she was. And the fact that her family just kind of fell apart in front of her eyes. That he said he wanted to take care of her. So now we're in this whole like debacle with, you know, him trying to take over as their father figure now. So like they're doing, they're living a good life now, those girls. That's Um, so good that they're doing well. But I mean, like still the fact that they know who their mother is and like what she did oh, Rebecca, to their siblings. Re- like, the new ugh. one, Rebecca, doesn't even acknowledge that her last she's related to Elizabeth. Uh, Good. Diane Dean. Good. She doesn't even acknowledge it. She knows that she's related to her, like that that's her biological mother. And she's been on, I think, Oprah and ABC 2020, Rebecca, to like explain the story to everybody. But 
I don't know, in my eyes, what like seeing all this and even the aftermath, I'm just like, I still feel so bad for Christy. Like, like testifying girl. against anybody you know is hard, but having it be your mom who murdered your brother and sister and the trying woman to murder that gave you, birth to you, yeah, like that took care to of her. you, yeah, props to her, yeah, oh, yeah. God, that is insane. And you know, it's crazy because like this happens a lot. I think it's called familiacide or whatever, where like most of the time it's the dad offing his entire family. Most of the time it's due to like an affair or things of that nature when it's a woman. That's also another story. (laughs) Yeah. And when it's a woman, it tends to be because she is like obsessed with her husband and doesn't want to lose him and things of that nature. So it's just like, it's crazy. So crazy. The fact that she broke out of prison, she got pregnant during her trial. Yeah, there's like, I, I can't even like fathom what went through her mind to go. She broke out of prison to go see her, her, her child that she gave birth into prison. That was like, you knew that that life wasn't going to be a life anymore. She wasn't going to want to see you. Yeah. Regardless of how old that child was, she doesn't consider you her mother. Plus, like, the do person you think she really went her. there to like make it good and try to be a mom or you think she went there to like hurt her or off her, you know, like she clearly didn't care about her kids. The fact that she shot them and tried to murder them all. So I wonder like what she really was doing in her attempt to get in contact with her. Yeah. I haven't found any new news about Diane, but there is supposed to be a hearing in 2020 um, for early release for her. Um, I just pray to God they don't let this woman out. And if they do, you know what? It's in the people's hands at that point. There are a lot of angry people that like don't even want to have anything to do with this woman. And they, they don't want her out here. So, I mean, we might be doing another murder case. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it just... It's such a sad story to see those kids go through what went they what they went through you know? oh yeah it's horrible and, she is a piece of shit piece oh my god of garbage and probably even the people at the hospital if i was if i was working in an er and say you know those children came into me shot i don't think i could handle that two two little bodies dead on a on arrival and one you know clinging on for dear life i don't think i could do that Honestly, yeah. those, this is why I give so much credit to people that work in a hospital or work in the medical field, because you're doing things I don't think I could ever do. I have too much compassion for people. So like if I'm taking care of somebody and I've been taking care of them for years and now it's like, you know, an old folks home, I would get too attached to that person. And then I'd be like, Hmm. I'm very upset about this. I don't want to see this spot. I don't want to be in this area. I need to leave. Yeah. I need to get rid of everything. Like that's, that's just me. I can't knowing like those were kids and somebody else's kids, even if they're, you know, teeny little babies that freaks me out because that should never happen. You just started your life yeah, and you don't even get to live it. Well, so. and this brings me to, I think, I've been looking and researching this case for a long time, and especially because the Netflix 
documentary people <laughs> um, did a documentary, Chris Watts, he offed his babies Ooh. and his pregnant wife and shoved them in oil tanks. And I'm sure all of my I true think crime I lovers heard have heard about before. it. And it is absolutely insane. And he gets caught. And it's just like the way he gets caught is just crazy. It's he's stupid and he's another trash human being that should have never been blessed with babies. But yeah, this case was really bizarre. There's just a lot of her being a hussy, a lot of her like just thinking irrationally. But I guess that's what happens with most people who are murderers. So hopefully (laughs) you all enjoyed it. Hopefully. I hope so. This story was very shocking to me when I first heard it. And I, at first I wasn't interested and then suddenly like something interests me. So I hope I got something from somebody, but it's okay if you didn't. Now, you know, Diane's crazy story and you guys can now tell that crazy story to more other people. <laughs> it's definitely, I like to call this one a survivor story and we'll do some of those too in the future. We're like, people that have been victims of horrific crimes like survive and end up having good lives and it ends up being as good of a happy ending as it could be given the circumstance so i am glad that her two surviving children are doing amazing and i wish them nothing but great things in the future so thank you guys for spending just shy of an hour with us please listen like subscribe We have like 10 other episodes. We've got a couple more dropping this weekend. Our next episode that's going to come out is my bestie. I'm so excited. Maxine is coming over tomorrow and we're going to use the podcast lab to talk about the top five celebrity scandals of 2020 because during the Mm -hmm. pandemic, a whole bunch of shit went crazy in Hollywood. We had Ellen being accused of being a horrible person to work for. We had Justin Hartley and Chriselle getting divorced which if you guys follow like selling sunset on netflix that documentary or not the documentary but that reality series is just like really good and i love trash tv like that (laughs) (laughs) so i'm the same way though i'm the same way we have two episodes dropping this weekend this one will be out later today by the time you hear it and then tomorrow evening will be the top five celebrity scandals episode and then next wednesday um we will be dropping the chris watts episode so now there's some sort of regularity check out the instagram we've updated the highlights on there i have future upcoming episodes so you can look and see what's going to be coming up in the near future we've got all of our little bios for guests we've got some bios for myself and mikey so Uh definitely go visit us on twitter instagram go to hardhandlepodcast.com check out the site tell us what you love tell us what you hate And as always, we love you guys so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao.